Episode 163, Hella Bass, Bass Fishing Podcast, solo show, summer fishing, preview St. Lawrence River, talk about how bass needs to fix things for the live viewers. Let me know what you think. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hella Bass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What's up, everybody? Hella Bass Live tonight, solo show. We're going to talk things all summer bass fishing, talk about some tackle I got, and just see where the night takes us. No huge agenda. We'll talk Elite Series, the races, the requalifications, all that good stuff for the Bassmaster Elite Series, and a whole lot more. And whatever you guys want to talk about. See lots of familiar faces in the chat. What's going on, everybody? One moment. All right. So let's get started. Do we start with the tackle? Do we start with uh, what's been going on fishing-wise? It is hot, hot, hot in Minnesota. Had a bit heat indexes. Heat indexes at like 100, 510 the last couple of days. I actually went fishing last night. It wasn't a super pleasurable experience. Tonight's live is presented by Arsenal Fishing and boosted by Powerhouse Lithium, which I have installed some new uh, Powerhouse Lithiums in the boat. More to come on that. We're not used to this, like growing gills and and uh, and trying to breathe through our. Our gills up here in Minnesota, a little bit different vibe, but uh, starting to cool off a little bit tomorrow. I did try to like last minute get some guests, but I waited till today to do that, and it uh, didn't really work out. But uh, I think we'll uh, definitely have a guest next week. I think eighty-eight in Chicago. <clears throat> What's up, Nick? Got a tournament this weekend. Lots of things. Lots of things. Where do we start? I guess we'll just start with the uh, do have some tackle here from uh, Omnia. Had an in stock alert set for these guys, these uh, twelve watt beast hooks, and you're probably wanting to know, like, okay, what what's the the twelve watt beast hooks? So these are for these DC swim baits. So specifically calls out on the package a 12 out owner beast hook three quarter ounce is required, not included. So I've had these DC swim baits for a minute, but I've been waiting for Omnia to get them back in stock. <clears throat> and uh I set my alerts a while back, and I made like one order from some other place that probably had them, but I forgot to uh, to get them. 
So I do have the Tanak Beast Hooks, which I don't know. I feel like could be big enough for these, but uh, <clears throat> these uh, 12 watts are supposed to be the deal for this swim bait. Come to the straw to rig it. I'm probably not going to try to rig it for the first time live on the stream tonight because I've not done one before. But uh, we'll at least talk about it here a little bit. So it's got like this rigging hook or this hole, and you're supposed to like feed the straw through there. It like guides you to where you place the hook. But so you screw the screw hook into the nose of this. And I guess you can probably see why it tells you oh, there's a slot to it. So I feel like you could have a smaller hook in that slot. But you know, if you nose hook that, try to lay this out here with that centering pin, and that hook is laying on the back. You can see how a 12 watt is like the perfect. So it actually just tucks right. It's basically, you can almost see there's like a little indent in the belly of this. And this weight is literally designed to sit right there. So this bait was literally designed around this hook. <clears throat> so, and these swim baits, put a link to them here. Uh, if anybody wants to check them out. We have had Mr. DC, David Sindritz, on the stream before. He's a Minnesota guy. Um, you can check him out. Oh, my gosh, that's annoying. I'm trying to pin the comment, but, like, there's a stupid little crap on the screen that's not. All right, that's annoying. But uh, check out that link if you're interested. It's not real big. I think it's only, what, a seven inch bait, but it fits this hook really well. So that's uh, the why I ordered these. And then since I ordered these hooks, I grabbed a couple other things. So I had to get two packs of these hooks to come two to a pack. What's going on, Rich G? A couple other things caught my eye. One is I've heard these four inch, the bigger flatworms work really good on that core tackle hover rig. And so got these to try on that. And sometimes I feel like for largemouth, just the regular flatworms, a little small. So I thought getting the bigger one would be just a little bit uh, worth a look. So I got those from Omnia. And then I ordered these X Zone Hotshot Minnows. Which I think, if we remember correctly, Brennan, who won the state championship, um, said this is what he used to catch all those small ones. And I looked at them, and I thought they had some good colors, so I was like, yeah. Why don't I get some more drop shot baits that I never use? And so I got this little hot shot minnow from X-Zone. And I think, I don't know, I kind of like this. This color is called uh, Bass Candy. It's kind of a good-looking little color. A little bit of bluegill, a little minnow, kind of could be anything. Kind of like those. So I got those on Omnia. Worth checking out. So I don't know if anybody else has tried the uh, the Hot Shot Minnow. It says it floats. But uh, I thought those, uh, they look good. 
And as Brandon Polnick says, there's no cheap fillers, and it's the attention to detail that make X-Zone so great, if you uh, hear the uh, the BTL commercial. Oh, yeah. So there is a 20% off code to Omnia. What is it, like summer sale 20 or something like that? Something like that. Back of a finesse swim jig. I feel like they're a little small for a finesse swim jig. Too small for Darius. Oh, Tyler said he had the same idea that I did after that last stream. Um, but I might get to try them. We got some smallmouth, or at least the lake we're going to. We're fishing Lake Alexander by Cushing, Minnesota. And last time I was there, which was a long time ago, it does have smallmouth in it. I don't know if they're any good anymore or if the largemouth are the deal or if the smallmouth are the deal. I really don't know. Nick, you've probably been out there scouting. But uh, back in the day, the smallmouth were all right there. We could maybe do some live scouting. On the... Maybe we'll do that. It's like, uh, should we, should we t pull up Omnia? And just see what uh, the lake I'm going to, what it looks like. That'd be fun. Yeah, I looked at those Z-Man Gremlins. I wasn't necessarily, like, super excited about those. Do I think the Heat Wave will have a... They caught them all right in the Champs Tour on Tuesday. Uh, you should go check out the videos from that and the social media from the... The, the classic bass on Tuesday, Peyton. But it's going to cool back down. I think they should be should be biting on the chain. <clears throat> Good smallies. That's right. It is a musky lake. I remember seeing some musky back in the day. Last time I fished this lake, it was before I had side imaging. It was so long ago. And uh, <clears throat> so that's that's been a minute. If you guys want to, for those that don't know Omnia, I feel like I'm off my game tonight. Came in and rushed. But uh, here's a link. If you're going to use the summer sale code, go ahead and use that link. It'll help me out still. Um... But it is code Saber Summer 20 for 20% off Omnia. So you can use that code with that link. Should have probably put those together if I was smart, right? So like doot. And then uh back to this one. This is a hot mess tonight. Get a moderator. <laughs> All right, there it is. All together in the same comment. And it uh, looks like everybody left TikTok, so we'll just shut that off. Good times. I don't carry the uh, the same clout as the Alabama Bash Council. Can I... Uh... That did not work, did it? It screwed it up. 
This is a train wreck. Saber Summer twenty. Try again. I feel like it's combining it's not not working. Ooh. Will not let me do those separately. <clears throat> yeah, I should have started drinking earlier, Nick. Let's forget about that. Let's talk about this Lake Alexander. So the code is Saber Summer 20. There's the link, blah, blah, blah. Let's uh, see here. We'll go to states. Nope, state. We are. Zooming in here. Let's see, Little Falls, Cushing, Lake Alexander. I can't, or is there no pin on this lake? That's weird. Usually you can click on a pin. Oh. Is it Morrison? Is that the right county? Looks like it. So it's kind of a east to west lake. I feel like there's a better trick to like view the map on this, but uh, so top baits says Ned's Dingers. So Josh six twenty four. So this was uh, eh, kind of post spawn. That was probably late spawn, early post spawn. Weed lines, Nico, kind of 39 half inch musky, Lonnie, Summer, Smallmouth, Ned Riggs, Reef. Target the larger structures, small flat points, dragging. Super exciting. There you go. Some. Some reports. Some weird temperature going on there. Mini Champlain, Nick says. Yeah. It's maybe a uh, Stats. I don't know why I'm struggling with this map. I feel like I should be able to like expand this map, but it's not my day. <clears throat> A very mini Champlain. Not the quality of fish either. 
Interesting. Like I said, last time I was here, it was uh, pre. side imaging i was probably running with flashers and like a five inch lorance so homer tingley sago Look at this in a different way here. Here's where we're going fishing, <clears throat> leaving Friday afternoon. So I'm pretty sure this is the boat ramp, which I'm not sharing. Boat ramp is down here, I believe, this guy. Shallow bay, some vegetation, emergent vegetation. Looks like what's our max depth here. Looks like we got 40, 50, 60 feet. A lot of docks on the lake. You got an island here. Some flatter shorelines, some tighter shorelines. You've got a hump shoal. It's got a little more, what does this say? Some other islands, several underwater points, shoals, varying from eight, nine. This one tops out at 18, 16. Some of these islands here, I'm pretty sure, have some reeds around them, if I remember right. Points, I'm pretty sure this is like a slot bay. I want to say there's like pads back there. A lot more structure than I remember than the uh, simple maps that I had saw way back in the day. Some really tight contours here. We got some 40 foot coming in pretty sharp break line there. Some deeper humps out here. Looks like there'd be plenty of stuff to look at. Northern Pike. Crappie. So yeah, this will be the playing field for the tournament this Sunday. Minnesota Twins. Stay off your dock. <clears throat> You'll probably be fishing all the... It's new and a nice ramp. Probably going to spend most of my time in practice searching offshore and graphing. And then if that lake has milfoil, I like the sounds of that. Wouldn't mind flipping some foil. But uh, I think there's plenty of docks to fish as a backup plan. Don't know if it'll be pre-fishing any docks, but if like things aren't going well in the tournament, that'll probably be the, the plan D, if you will. 
but probably spend most of the practice graphing around looking at these offshore, looking for good grass, looking for rocks, looking for transitions, looking for fish. Probably targeting a mixed bag, I would imagine. Lake Acres. Uh, how many acres is it? That might be on the Omnia site. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Does it not give the stats? Thought it used to. Hmm. You can look at the uh, Minnesota DNR Lake Finder. Fish where it says largemouth bass on it. Did I miss that? Did I miss where it says that? Oh, right there. Look at that. Is it this whole circle, you think, that is largemouth bass? Is this all crappie all the way down there? This is all northern pike. Ooh, hazard rocks. Lake Finder. Let's see how many acres this thing is. Alexander. Morrison County. It is 2,700 acres. We are. It's definitely uh, in the 90s. Heat index. In the hundreds. Uh, no, this is a Navionics map, so it's nothing uh, too crazy. I did try downloading the new or Omnia Premium Pro. We can see what that looks like. Come on. What's going on? All right. So this, how did then a charo on a wealth boat? Interesting. So it's got uh, black bullhead, black crappie, bluegill, brown bullhead, green sunfish, largemouth, musky, pike, rock bass, smallmouth, tulipy, cisco, walleye. A little bit of everything in there. This is uh, not really loading that fast. 
So that's, uh, yeah, we'll get about a day plus a few hours of practice on that. Fished a Tuesday nighter last night in the sweltering heat, subbed in. That was not a pleasurable experience. Um, on one of my least favorite lakes. So you can uh, watch the Sobe channel to see when that video comes out. Hopefully in a couple days here. But that was uh, not my best performance of the year. We'll leave it to that. Try this again here. Okay. We got it pulled up now. I just need to find the lake. There's Malax. That's too far north. Little Falls should be right. What am I looking at here? So, all right. So the Omnia, see here. You get the basic like outline of the lake with your details, but then you can with the premium pro here, it's got water clarity, which I've noticed is not really a big deal up in Minnesota. Like you don't really get much there. Um As you can imagine, most of this northern lake is really clear. Not a surprise. Not probably that useful. But you can pull up the the sea map mapping of it. If there's any social maps, you can compare that against your maps to see if it's any different. It's got pretty good detail. Uh, but you can also see the bottom hardness map. So the brighter oranges, I assume, are the the harder bottoms. So this gives you, maybe if you're looking for certain things, maybe if you're looking for rocks or gravel or sand or opposite, maybe you're looking for mud, it can give you a pretty good idea where you might want to like graph around for these certain things on the lake. That's kind of cool. Something to definitely reference. Give you an idea maybe which islands or which reefs are rock and which ones aren't. And then there's also a vegetation map. So if you want to combine a certain bottom with a certain amount of vegetation, I don't know. I don't know how accurate it is. I haven't really tested it, but Some interesting things. Play around with it. I absolutely did not suck less last night. It's not really peeling away as much as it's just, uh, maybe it's the humidity. It's actually just pinned to the wall.
There's definitely plenty of toothy fish in this lake. But uh, so that's coming up. Let's tackle. This week we have uh, last week for fantasy fishing. So uh, Lake Ontario, Thousand Islands, St. Lawrence River starts tomorrow. Right? Thursday, Bass Live. Last event of the season. And uh, so get your fancy fishing lineups if you're still alive and you didn't blow it like Brian did last week. Um, so I'm at 98.4, just inside the top 600. Wait, it says one day's 20 hours. Wait, isn't today Wednesday? That's not right. That's weird. What is it? I feel like their timer's wrong. Because it starts on the 24th. But that would put us into the 25th. Somebody call Ronnie Moore. There's my squad. Walters, Chris Johnston, Taku, who's injured evidently, but I'm staying with my pick. Jacob Fouts, Chad Pipkins. Uh, Clay says, everybody, Corey got DQ'd. Take him off your teams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they start tomorrow. As far as I know, they didn't move it out. Unless there's something dropping hot on social media. Where's my Drain the Lake team down there? Ninety percentile there not quite as good saved a lot of smallmouth guys for this event your timer says nine hours no there it goes it must have just been yeah must have been a bug or had an old timer there we go now my timer's right there you go i can look at the uh beat hellabas group See if there's any familiar faces here. I don't see anybody that's in the chat. Mr. Apple. Big Malone somewhere. AJ is doing pretty well in uh, Drain the Lake, pretty sure. Only fins. Where are you at, AJ? Thought you were uh, up there on the. Uh... There you go. He's thirteenth. AJ's on Drain the Lake. Except for one, one, uh, one week he only put in seven guys. <clears throat> so, let's jump over to. Uh... Yeah, it should be good though. So we got several races. We've got the AOI. Which Welcher has a slim six point lead over Cobb. Cobb's last two finishes on like St. Lawrence are like 70th and 80th out of Clayton. Welcher has had like a 25th last year. So, like, if Welcher can duplicate what he did last year, he has a pretty good chance to winning. Um, and then Cook, 
I really don't. I think it's really hard to believe that anybody past the top five really has a shot. I know the points don't really matter, but when you start thinking you have to beat that many guys, so right, like if these guys make the top ten, none of these guys can catch them. Um, you know, if these guys make the top fifty, none of these guys even have a chance. So, and the problem is, even if like Welcher or Cobb slip, if like a Drew Cook or Jay Shakurit or a Patrick Walters finishes in the top, you know, five, 10, then really almost none of these people have a chance. So, like, really outside of Sefuentes is probably about as deep as I think. Uh, Welcher's going to Lake Cobb, stay in the river, right? I, I actually think Welcher has a pretty good chance to hold on to this. If he can just. I mean, he's like 40, 30 some points. So if he can just, you know, basically get a top 25, I think he's got a really good chance. Uh, who's going to win it? It's a good question. Probably uh, Johnston. <laughs> um, I think now that we're in the summer, it might play into them more. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to hit a little thumbs up tonight. Appreciate it. Let's have a, just a one quick pause here before we uh, talk about Rookie of the Year. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hellebass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So, cheers to the Dream Team. Let's see here. Bring my screen back up here. Uh, Clay says, Coop for the win. Could see that. I see, you know, I, when I checked the weather, I wasn't seeing 20 mile an hour winds. When I looked earlier in the week, when I first recorded my video on Monday, I did see like big winds. All right, here we are, Windfinder. So Thursday. So here's Clayton over here. This is like Henderson Bay and some of those places. So right, it says 16. So it has picked up a little bit, 16 to 17. So like 7 a.m. I guess 20, they are saying 20. But it's a little bit southeast, and a lot of what I feel like they're fishing are in here, you know. So it might not be as bad as you think. I don't think guys are, like, fishing right there much. Maybe they are, but I think 10 a.m., 1 p.m. So, yeah, it's going to 
it's going to be a little sporty out there. But then Friday, look at that. And then it's going to blow more north on Saturday. Then Sunday, it's going to be... So, like, they're going to have two days of really calm weather, and I think they're going to be able to fish the other days. I don't know that they'll cancel it. Not with that wind direction. We'll see. I think because it's southeast, and a lot of people will be in, I don't know. I think you're going to see them fish, but I could be wrong. So you marshaled on Champlain? It's a beautiful place up there. Does it make you want to go back and fish there, Sean? Did you did you get to stay and fish afterwards? Ricky of the year. Safuentes, fifteen point lead over Fujita. That's gonna be pretty interesting. I feel like that's really a two horse race. I mean, mathematically, Bryant Smith, like if he like top tens and both these guys miss the cut, but I just don't see Safuentes and Fujita not making the day three cut. So I feel like that's kind of a it's one of those two. But I could see, you know, Safuentes finishing twentieth or twenty fifth and Fujita like top five and he he wins rookie of the year. Surprised at how tough a year John Stukup has had. It's really kind of shocking, honestly. Uh, Clay says he wants to see a 30 bag. The hat will win. The cowboy hat, I guess, is what you're saying. The cowboy. Very cool. Yeah, Brian Smith quietly had a pretty solid year for sure. So then if we look at, you know, double qualifiers right around the 40, right? This is where the cut line for the classic's going to be. So you've got guys just above the line here that need to have a good tournament to stay there. And you got guys like Lester, Huff, Fighter, uh, Gussie. Well, Gussie's already double. I mean, he's already qualified, but he's got a he's got a pretty big mountain to climb to re-double qualify. Uh, but I don't know realistically how many points these guys can make up. Even Taku is a long shot at this point to like re-qualify for the classic, being like fifty points out. So, and then you've got. Down here at 70, if you finish the season above 70, uh, yeah, that's what we're just talking about right now, Nate, is if you're, no matter how bad your last one year or three years or whatever is, if you're above top 70, you stay in the elites. Um, so basically, and now I don't know how that works with Bernie. He probably gets, well, he's a veteran, plus he'll get an exemption for uh, uh, medical hardship. But 
at this point, you know, Tally is safe. Um, and now, like, guys like Webster, is he, like, year three? He could be close. Zaldane, he's got plenty of years. Um, but guys like Maddie Wong on his second year, like, he could be in trouble for sure. Um, Kyle Norsetter's a rookie. Caleb Kufal having a kind of a tough year. This is only his third year. That could put him in jeopardy. Uh, Douglas, second year, he's in a little bit of trouble here. Um, so there's some guys that are definitely in the trouble. It's it's a complicated thing, but the one thing that they make simple is if you're above 70, no matter how bad your last couple of years are, you're in. So some of these anglers um, kind of still battling. Like Redwine, he's above the line, but he needs to have another good turn to make sure he stays above the line to make sure he stays in. Um, so interesting, interesting stuff. A lot of things to consider here. Um, these guys like Keith Combs and, uh, you know, Fouts, he's a second or third year guy now. So like, he's going to be really close. Um, but I, I think he will have a good tournament. So it'll be interesting. But basically, what it comes down to is basically there will be, you know, nine new guys coming in from the Opens. Now, they don't have to cut all nine, but there is probably five or six people that are not coming back for sure next year. Oh. I have zero haymaker hooks, Nate. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, Sukup, this is his rookie year, but, like, being in 102nd, he's got work to do next year. He absolutely has to be above the 70 line next year. Um, Sean says, Kuyoyo Fujita was fishing next to him on day two. It was fascinating. He moves fast and caught four to every one fish his angler did right next to him. It's interesting. So that's kind of St. Lawrence. We talked about the wind. It'll be interesting. Day one is going to be very telling. And that's why I stacked my fantasy team with guys that have been there multiple times. So if we do have that wind day, they know how they can, you know, salvage and get into Henderson or places like that. Maybe fish closer to shore and scrap out 20 pounds and survive versus somebody that maybe like heroes or zeros on the lake. See, what is this? Uh, there's this feature down there. So it's like, look at the poll here. 58% of you would not use that 12 lock hook for bass. Interesting. What happens when I hit the start Q&A? Oh, I have to actually ask my own question? How does that work? Who do you think wins SLR? How many day one bags over 20? Uh... Thirty to forty, I bet. 
How does that work? Um, yeah, it's weird that like Pochet's missed two. He's not last. Uh, Straysner retired like what two or three events ago, and he's still not near the last. Um, so interesting. Clay says sixty. Dax says Fujita is going to win. This is really strange doing this uh, Q and A because like it really changes my chat in the studio. Nate says Corey Johnston to win. Clay says 60 bags. Over 20 pounds. Where's Patrick Walters? He's in fourth? Fifth? Fourth or fifth? Oh boy, Scott, appreciate it. Scott's got Zaldane. Hmm. I think I'm going to end this. I don't really like the way this uh, messes with my chat. Not a fan of that. Huh? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I I don't know if the wind will affect what he does. Obviously, the river and the current changes a little bit. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him do really well. Big Bass over seven. I know, like, what, two or three years ago, Paul Mueller had one that was almost eight. but. We don't typically see it. Only one time in the last handful of years do I remember seeing one in the sevens. Typically, it's a six-something or even a really high five. Will Scott Martin make the classic cut? Where is he at? Fifty eighth. So he's got four hundred nine points. He's got like fifty points to make up, even with some. I mean, if he he's got a top ten to have a shot, he's probably right on the fringe of people that mathematically can make it. But he's going to have to have a top ten, and he has not done that well in these small tournaments. You know, he used to be really strong on Champlain back when FLW went there all the time, but they usually went in June. That was a lot of betting fish. Uh, yeah, so a lot of these guys are basically uh, so low in the standings that they have the top 10, and even that might not be enough. They might have to win it. Yeah, Zeldane's in, like, 74th. He's He's got a win um, to make it. Yeah, you hear rumors about this that he's got like some of these guys have you know one or multiple of these four thousand dollar live scope front facing saltwater commercial units. Um... <laughs> Clay, with your your positivity, uh, this is the same guy that said Ben Milliken will have zero top tens this year. 
Um, so I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say absolutely Scott never wins another tournament. I think they go to Florida enough that I think, you know, Okeechobee or something like that. He could, de- I mean, he's definitely had some top tens. I mean, uh, I don't, I, I, that's too strong of a statement, but I, I'm not sure that he's going to be a favorite very often, but I, I don't think that we can absolutely say he's going to never win another tournament. I mean, it could happen. Absolutely. A seven plus could show up. Jerry says, Polinick. Yeah, I can see that. It'll be interesting. It should be it should be a little more interesting of a tournament with the river. Uh, and then with the wind on some of the days, I think we're going to see a few more guys in the river, which will make it hopefully a little bit less of a full-on live scope that Champlain. Now, don't get me wrong. We are going to see plenty of live scope. Um, but uh, I think uh, it'll be a little more varied this time. But being summer, being August, like last year, they were in early to mid-July. So there was still fish that were like, I think there was probably even some late betters. So a lot of these fish were immediate post-bond. They were a little shallower. They were like, if you watch some of the highlights, some people were fishing them pretty shallow. Um, like visually seeing them cruising. Uh, but I think now that we're in August, they're going to be more offshore. It's going to be even more front-facing sonar dependent than it was last year in the uh, the St. Lawrence event. So Mueller could be good. Mueller's very Jacqueline Hyde on this fishery. Like he does very well, and he's the one that caught that seven-pounder a few years back. He either like really, really crushes them or he struggles. Uh, I would like to see Fighter have a good weekend. He needs a good weekend to make the classic. Uh, Clay says Ish never requalifies for the elites. Interesting. Maybe I'm going to have Clay on, just have hot takes with Clay. We could have a segment. We'll get a sponsor for it. Clay's hot takes. I mean, we thought Fighter was going to snatch him on Champlain. I mean, in his last three events on Champlain, I don't think he ever had worse than a fifth or a sixth. It's like a second, a fourth, and a fifth or something like that. And then he had like a 60 or 70th place finish. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Clay's reverse curses. So, Milliken never gets a top 10. Top 10s are top 10s and wins the first two. Um, that means Scott Martin will probably win this week, and then Ish will probably go on a tear and like top ten the last three opens and make the elites. Yeah, the uh, the announcers are very they kind of like they kind of waffle on it. They're not like super over the top about front facing. They kind of, especially even height and some of those guys. They uh. I think what's going to, they're going to really need to come up with a way to integrate that technology into the live to make it more interesting to watch. Um, I know when, like a hummingbird angler that has an apex, they could hook it up. But there's not that many guys running apex units. Even the guys that run hummingbird, not many of them are running apex units. <clears throat> so, uh, 
they need to figure out a way where we can get more picture in picture of that screen live to make it more interesting. Cause like there was so many posts on Facebook and social media about like literally four guys all holding their rods in the hand at the same time, not casting, staring at their screens, looking for fish. So like literally there was four guys not fishing, just looking at their graphs, looking for the next blob at the same time on live. <laughs> so yeah, they need to figure out a way to, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. Like even like if they, all these, gra most of these pros have to have their graphs networked where they can share the screen in the back. So even if they could just put like a second smaller camera in the boat and have like one on the graph in the back and one on the angler, like they got to do something um, to make it a little more interesting. For sure. I tried to do some some sniping last night. I just I could I couldn't see him in the weeds. And obviously, right, like to your point, Jim, the eyeballs leave sponsors, like I'm sure, you know, like you know, Hummingbird Mega Live, like, right, like was but like I'm sure, you know, it could be uh marathon gas, like live look at the you know, or whatever, like, but I don't know if that because they have like sponsor deals with Hummingbird, are they contractually like not supposed to show Garmin's or active targets? If so, that's probably going to be a problem for them going forward. Or they need to just like rethink how they schedule because like that event on the cross that the MLF invitationals had was a fun event to watch. A lot of stuff going on. Lacrosse is one of the best um, live fisheries to watch on TV. Like I think the most, some of the most engaging live coverage comes from events like lacrosse. It doesn't have to be lacrosse either, but like I mean, Champlain used to be that way. If they had Champlain earlier in the year or different times of the year, I mean, think back in the days like when when Ticonderoga Ticonderoga used to play. Like that was really fun stuff. Like frogging the water chestnuts and flipping the milfoil um you know they need to put in some fisheries in the northern swing late in the year to change things up where we get a few more largemouth and uh a little bit more diverse fishery versus three events in a row where guys i mean one or two events not that big a deal but when you end with three in a row where basically everybody's doing the same thing it gets a little stale I mean, the only reason I'm, like, checking in on live is to look at Bass Track to see how my fancy fishing team is doing. It's really not that exciting to watch it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, heavy hook sets, Brian, like, and you'd see that, you know, on a, on a place like Lacrosse. There's got to be other places. Like Saginaw Bay, that was a good mix, that BPT event. There was a you know, 70% of the guys were up fishing largemouth, flipping reeds, throwing buzz baits, throwing frogs, throwing chatter baits, right? And you had maybe like 23%, 20%, 20 to 30% of the guys um, 
you know, out fishing for smallmouth. That's that's a good mix. Um, and even like in that particular fishery, right? KVD was you know whaling them on a chatterbait. I don't think he was looking at them. The only problem with Tonka is Tonka doesn't want him there. Uh, so, like, Tonka is a good venue. It would be interesting, but I just don't see it. Like, there's there's no chamber of commerce there that's going to foot the bill to have them go to Tonka. They're more likely to end up on someplace like Leech or Vermilion. But 100 boats, there's a lot of places. Like, we could do 100 boats on Gull. We could do 100 boats on Whitefish, uh, other pools of the river. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of fisheries. But, yeah, Tonka's just not going to happen. There's no chamber of commerce that wants them there that's going to give them the 20, 30, 40, 50 grand uh, to come. So that's just, just not happening. But, you know, with 100 boats, there's actually quite a few lakes in Minnesota that could host an elite. Like, acreage-wise, they don't seem big, but our lakes fish really big. And 100 boats, we do 100 boats in our state tournament all the time. That's with Coes, and we fish, you know, we got 6, 8, 10 lakes that we fish on the reg. They would all be interesting fisheries to watch. You'd see a lot of things going on. Yeah, Lahamadu chain. Whitefish, vermilion, gull, leech. What am I missing? What place do we hope the elites go to next year? That's a good question. I'd like to see, I think they need to like, deliberately get some river systems into the schedule, whether that's like the Arkansas River or the Mississippi River or, um, you know, places like that where it's going to like guarantee, like, I mean, I guess the Sabine is good in that way, right? We didn't really see the front-voicing sonar play in the Sabine. And that was kind of a, a refreshing, I know people were complaining about the size of the fish, but I actually thought that was a more interesting one to watch. Um, Falcon would be good, right? They could see what's going on in that lake. I would imagine you'd see a fair amount of front-facing sonar. Uh, and nobody, nobody asks. But the, the, here's the problem: is it's the dollars of the Chamber of Commerces that are driving the schedule. But that should probably put some criteria around. Where they need to like, hey, we need to diversify because if we keep going to the same lakes over and over again, and and if front-facing sonar is going to dominate, like certain people will get bored with the product. Uh, Ozark Lakes could be good. Like we haven't been to any. I mean, we're going to to Grand for a classic. Ozarks probably have the potential to be heavy front-facing sonar, depending on the time of year. Falcon and Amistad probably have the potential to be dominated by front-facing sonar. I think you want to mix in some lakes that have a lot of grass and not a lot of smallmouth, right? Champlain has a lot of grass, but the smallmouth are so dominant that nobody was fishing for the largemouth. Um, no worries, JCB.
I mean, Ohio River, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we've we've kind of avoided ledge tournaments. At this point, ledge tournaments would be a refreshing. Like one ledge tournament a year would be good. The West Coast would be good. Um, I just don't. You hear the complaints about cost by bass and the anglers. I don't feel like the the majority of the anglers are not clamoring for a West Coast swing. I have no idea what the numbers are like on television. Like if they go to Mojave, uh, Havasu, Clear Lake, Delta, do their numbers go up? Do they go down? Do they flatline as far as like eyeballs and things like that? Uh, true pre-spawn would be good, right? Not spawn, but true pre-spawn, which we kind of had on Seminole. It was mostly pre-spawn there, but you're talking about more like jerkbait pre-spawn. Like, uh, see, I feel like Kentucky Lake, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like when you get that much smallmouth, maybe with the current, you can't see them there. Maybe not. But I mean, Murray was good, right? Murray Fujita did use front facing sonar there, but the majority of the guys were not like relying on it heavily. That was a fun event to watch. There was a lot of guys doing a lot of different things, both on the BPT and Bassmaster. Murray was good, um, you know. Going to Clarksville or Hartwell or Murray on the like trying to really nail the herring spawn would make for some good TV, right? Where they're really throwing flukes in top waters and you know that kind of stuff. So I, I think it would serve bass well to intentionally diversify the schedule and worry less about whether how big the weights are going to be as much as how interesting obviously we don't you know we don't want to load up the schedule with you know Sabine Pittsburgh uh Ohio River like all back to back to back to back but you know some of those grinders going to you know rivers going to heavy grass largemouth fisheries that's going to limit that. I think would make for a more interesting schedule. Uh, I think floggers are fine. I don't. I don't have a problem. I mean, a bed fishing tournament's a bed fishing tournament, whether you're flogging or not. Um, I don't. I don't really care. I mean, Winnebago and Winnacani chain is actually a really interesting tournament fishery. Um, you know, BPT went there, but they with their one pound minimum. You know, they were weighing a lot of short fish, and every fish counts. It was kind of weird. Uh, MPFL went there. It's actually a pretty good fishery. There's a lot of things uh, to, to there, and it would not be dominated by front-facing. Uh, we should definitely go to the Mobile Delta. I've never fished the Fox Chain. Uh Yeah, I know. I know Kobe. There are they. I 
a true passionate core out west. But I guess it really comes down to a financial dollars to the do that really shows out and does it pay out? You know, do bass memberships go up? Do without having them a Western like bass circuit or an opens, like I just don't know if there's really an ROI for them. It's hard for me to understand that without seeing the numbers. But I personally would like to see them go west. But the problem is bass fishing profitability at these tournament organizations is a pretty fine line, I think. Um, I don't get the feeling that bass is making a zillion dollars. I'm not saying they're not a profitable business, but they're not like, I don't get the feeling that Bassmasters or Bass Pro Tour or MLF is exactly printing money. You know, they reworked the whole MFL, MLF Pro Circuit to the MLF Invitationals basically because, you know, the, the Pro Circuit was literally bleeding a million dollars a year in loss. Um, and you got to realize Bassmaster, that, that live coverage you know, paying the Ronnie Moores and the Mark Zonas and the Dave Mercers of the world is not inexpensive. And I honestly think like, oh, a two tournament, two, three tournament West Coast swing could be the, the difference between them potentially having a profitable year on the elites and a non-profitable year. That's, I think that's the problem why they're not going out there. Um, 2025 classic. Uh, I was going to say, it's probably time to go back to Hartwell. No, let's see. We, well, Hartwell was two, yeah. It's probably going to be Hart. Yeah, I mean, Clay, I think you nailed it. Hartville or Jennersville. It's probably like if you were going to bet on it. Um, I think, you know, it'd be fun to see, you know, any, something near, you know, something else in Alabama, like near Birmingham, like a Logan Martin or, a, you know, Smith Lake or something like that could be interesting. I don't know if the fishery is good enough down by New Orleans to have a New Orleans classic again, but those were cool classics. Uh, yeah, Greg, Island Lake does not handle 100 boats for multiple days, that's for sure. Yeah, they might make some money on the opens. <laughs> I think it already I think we need to let it refill again I feel like the classic see the problem is going west now that the classic is such a uh, spectator they really depend on getting you know tens of thousands of people to attend I mean I really enjoyed going to Knoxville for the classic last year and I unless something comes up plan to go to Tulsa this year. But if they had the classic in Nevada or California, the chances of me going drops by like 80%. That's the problem with having a West Coast classic. There's not enough people in the West Coast to make up those numbers, I don't think. I mean the Lay Lake classics were cool. Uh yeah, 24 is that lay, 25 is Gunnersville for the BPT, I think. That's all right, Lauren. Replay squad is always welcome. We're probably not going to go super long tonight. I should actually, I need to be editing. I have two multi-day tournament videos that I need to edit that uh, I've just been unmotivated to edit. So if one of you guys that has a passion for video editing and 
wants to hit me up about being hired as a video editor, let me know. Because uh, at this point, unless I somehow miraculously, my, my daughter's got soccer tomorrow night, and then Friday I leave for another tournament. So I'm staring at being three tournaments behind on my videos, which is not good. Um, yeah, I, I think the problem is, right, they, they are limited, Clay, because they've kind of put themselves in a box with having the, the expo and the, the, you know, the big stadium for weigh-ins. So, but, you know, 50 boats, you don't need that big of water either, right? I think maybe we could think about going to some smaller watersheds with only 55 anglers, right? Like for a classic uh you don't need that big a fishery now obviously being that time of the year february march we're really you know the lower half to one third of the country you've only you got to go somewhere like a tulsa or a charlotte or a greenville or a new orleans i mean like birmingham right like a florida classic would be good Again, right? Didn't we do one out of Orlando or Kissimmee or whatever that was the first year when they flipped it? That would be good, right? They'd be due to go back there. We haven't been there since Clawson won. That would be a nice wrinkle, to be honest. Uh, Lanier? Is that too big? Do they get lost in the Atlanta shovel shuffle? But Lanier would probably make an amazing classic site. If they had the, you know, the immediate infrastructure there. I don't, I'm really not familiar with these areas. But we don't need that big a lake for 55 boats. So, but then again, it comes down to having that infrastructure and then a town that wants to put up the cash. I think there's a few more than four, but it's not many. It's definitely less than 10, probably. Yeah, Nate, I, I want to do more light. light. I just got to. The problem is. We were running out of weekends in the summer and now the nights are getting shorter, so evenings are getting tougher and tougher. And I think, you know, having the mods is important. So getting all those things to align uh, and then I got to have a place that has a signal. So I definitely want to do more, Nate, of the live for sure. They have a boatyard, Kyle. At the classic. I mean, uh, I mean, we had it in the Wachita in West Monroe, Louisiana, which was not the nicest place in the world, and our boats all were safe, and I've been there a couple times. So <laughs> there you go, AI. Yeah, I don't know. See, the problem is, right, unless we go back to the summer ways. There's no chance of going north with the classic being in, in March. But I did see ways that you qualified for the TBF semis on a Prairie du Chien, so I think I'll see you down there. I mean, I'd love to see a rotating season on the classic, but I feel like they feel like they're pretty locked in and they get their best attendance. Early in the year.
So, yeah. Lots of things, but obviously all out of our control. And uh, I don't think that uh, Chase Anderson or anybody at Bassmaster is watching this podcast. So, live stream. What, uh, what other questions you guys got? Kind of open book tonight. What else do we want to talk about? I mean, Monroe's a good town. <laughs> Biwa. An international. Can we go to like uh, El Salto? <laughs> uh, I mean, Monroe's a decent town. I don't know if they have like a, you know, for a bigger weigh-in, they might have something down there, like a Maybe you could use like a college campus stadium or something like that or an arena. I mean, that's basically what they do at Knoxville. So, I mean, honestly, anywhere that there's like a college town to some degree, right, you would be able to do it in retrospect, right? But you'd have to have the convention center next to the campus, which is what they have in Knoxville. Yeah, if, if, if we can do some more lives and prove that the traction is there, I definitely have thought about getting like a booster device for signal. Mm. Well, the the thing is, they're fishing these big northern water fisheries, and those lakes actually trail a lot of our smaller lakes. So, like, it's not uncommon to have spawning fish into late June, early July on, like, these great lakes in Champlain and, and places like that. So, um, not super surprised. Yeah, no problem, Scott. Uh, probably, not. I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to make it to the swim bait tournament because I think I'm going to be pre-fishing the, uh, the TBF semis down on the river because I, uh, frustrated with my tournament season and I can still make a nationals. Uh, so I'm going to kind of double down on that last TBF semis if I can. I'm not saying Monroe is terrible, but there there's some places in Monroe that are not like the best part of town. It felt like. I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to have a a Bassmaster Elite Series event in North Minneapolis, in Minneapolis. That's for sure. Aren't you fishing the TBF? Ways. In September. I thought I saw your name on a roster. I thought that was TBF for Iowa. But. Head up to Cass. Oh, the, uh, that's the same weekend. I'll be down on uh, Prairie du Chien, but that's the Battle of the Bass Heads. Cass Lake is interesting. It's got some good ones, it is. And, uh, but they're not everywhere on cast. So I should see it. We might draw each other because I think you're fishing as a co. I'm fishing as a boater. And you have to draw somebody outside of your state. So the odds are actually pretty decent. Hmm. 
if the opens come to the Mississippi River, are you fishing all three divisions so if you can get to the classic? You know, it wasn't lacrosse what two or three years ago. Didn't even cross my mind, but now maybe I'd think about it. I'm not that great on the river, but now my kids are getting a little older. It would be uh, not out of the realm of possibilities to think about it. But isn't Choke, Choke Canyon that close to San Antonio? Because San Antonio would probably actually be a pretty good-sized town. Directions to San Antonio. 90 minutes. That's doable, right? We've done that in Birmingham and Gunnersville, right? That's basically a 90-minute drive. It's not probably ideal, but maybe. could see that. It'd be nice, but the question is, does San Antonio want to put up the cache? Does the surrounding, is there anything around Choke Canyon that between those two markets that they want to put up the cache? I thought you were on a list for hmm. Maybe I just thought you were fishing prairie. We're going to prairie, I think, the 23rd, the 24th. I thought you guys, I thought Iowa's in our region. Maybe you guys are in a different region now. I mean, Choke Canyon definitely would be further enough south that weather would not be an issue in, in uh, late February, early March. What about a Sabine Classic, right? Orange, Texas rolls out for that. Red River is too much of a dumpster fire to have a tournament, a classic again. I bet. about Ross Barnett out of Jackson. Maybe another one where like if they uh, could get all the uh, if you could make it to day three with your boat intact you'd be in good position. I mean Lake Martin's really close to Montgomery, Alabama. That seems like it could be a thing. Another Charlotte classic, right? Why not Wiley or Norman again? Fifty boats. Couldn't we fish some of those lakes out of Raleigh, like Jordan, Jordan, or Jordan, or Falls, or some of those with only fifty boats?
What's this like? Anyways. The problem is it all comes down to money and who's putting up the money. All of our great ideas will be trumped by money. President ever do anything out of Little Rock with Bass's ties to JDM and Little Rock? You'd think we could have more stuff handed in the Arkansas River, Little Rock region. Yeah, Malax, the Minnesota DNR is really finicky about their creels and bag limits and their permitting on Malax, so I don't know. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what the... So, I don't know. Probably going to pack up early tonight. We're uh, just under 90 minutes. Carl said she'd be in for Little Rock. How far is it to Tulsa? Carl, you should go to Tulsa next year. That can't be too far, is it? Um... Maybe I could actually do some editing tonight if I uh, wrap this bad boy up. Well, I didn't have a ton to talk about tonight, so we uh, came in late. We had some fun talking about the elites. We're going to probably watch some live tomorrow, get some work done, and uh, maybe try to get a video out so we're not three tournaments behind after this weekend. I uh, appreciate everybody that turned out for the live tonight. And uh, we're going to wrap things up. Replay gang, thanks you if you're listening on the MP3 or watching the replays on Facebook or YouTube. Um, everybody have a good weekend. And as always, here to help you catch more big bass and suck less. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.